Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually. And we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close, even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. This is episode number 103 of the Reno Slant. Night in the country just got canceled, and that sucks. Nevada might not have to play San Jose State this year, and that's not nearly as bad. Welcome to the Reno Slant, the weekly Nevada sports podcast. Unbelievable. Home to an award-winning sports writer, his Nevada alum brother, exclusive interviews, and occasionally aggressive banter about Nevada football, Nevada basketball, and pretty much everything else Nevada. Well, everything except the departure of a certain basketball coach. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub. On this week's episode of The Reno Slant, the 2020-2021 college sports schedule is now in real big-time danger, serious danger, especially on the West Coast. How about the UFC? We did get some live sports on Saturday. That was great. And as always, Adam looks for some good news in weekly yearbook number nine we're at now. We have two guests on this week's show We'll start. We'll play our first conversation with Nevada Hoops commit Jelani Clark, 6'3 guard. San Francisco Chronicle named him last month the player of the year for all of San Francisco. He's one of the more authentic dudes we've had on the show so far. I love my conversation or our conversation with, with Jelani. You guys are really going to enjoy that. Our second guest is the Boys and Girls Club of Mason Valley Chief, Chief Professional Officer. How about that for a title? Travis Crowder. He's the head honcho over there. Had Travis on the show because they pulled the plug on Night in the Country yesterday. Night in the Country benefits the Boys and Girls Club of Mason Valley. They put that thing on, picked his brain a little bit on what went into the decision to cancel Night in the Country, which is a staple in Northern Nevada. It's an event that so many people look forward to. Not having that this year is a reminder of just how bizarre and surreal these teams are or th- these times are got into a little bit about what that decision meant and what it means for those who purchased wristbands who already had campsites what are their options and what is the impact on the cancellation of 2021 are they still planning ahead as normal for that event for slants we'll get into weekend plans social we got one Voice questions submitted on the take line. We're going to get into potential coronavirus conference realignment. Help accommodate the news out of California earlier this week. Our favorite Ozark character and The Purge. We'll get out of here with Random Reno. Before we do, thank you to all of you who continue to support this podcast. Every single one of you 
are helping us pursue our goal of getting to 1,000 downloads per week. Last week was incredible for us. Our fourth biggest week ever. 571 total downloads. Awesome. (laughs) Super excited about that. To all of you who have listened and shared, especially without any sports going on, thank you. You guys are awesome. We are well on our way to over 1,000 page views on our website for the month, which was was our goal. Adam had a great blog about Jerry Stiller, who, who passed on Monday, or as many of us knew him, Frank Costanza. If you are not already, please subscribe and follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, or Facebook at The Reno Slant. You can check us out online at TheRenoSlant.com, or if you really, really want to help us get closer to 1,000 downloads per week, please tell a friend of yours who follows Nevada, enjoys Nevada, went to Nevada to check out the show. That'd be great. Our iTunes five-star review of the week is brought to you by our friends at Toyabi Golf Club. We remain on the right side of the jail bars this week because we got another review. This review comes from (laughs) 0111101101. Nice little personal touch there. If I had to guess, this is someone who maybe has already won and wanted to create another profile so they get some more free golf. It plays. I've been telling you guys, that plays. The review states, great show for PAC fans. This is the best pod for Nevada fans. Not only is it full of information on PAC athletics, but also a lot of entertainment industry. Popular Netflix show reviews, Q&A, and much more. Give it a shot. So... 01111011101. Make sure you get in touch with us and we're going to shoot you two free rounds to Toyabi Golf Club. That's a $90 value. I actually thought that might be binary or computer code. I typed that into Google to see if that might be something funny. I couldn't find anything. So if it is, you guys are smarter than I am. Toyabi Golf Club is a super quick drive down 395 south from Reno and Washoe Valley. It is open to the public and recently acquired by Duncan Golf Management. Actually, it was about a year ago now. They are offering the best membership deal in all of northern Nevada. In addition to Toyabi, it includes Lake Ridge, Wolf Run, and Dayton Valley. Four courses for as little as $300 a month. Four courses as little as $300 a month. And we all need excuses to get out of the house right now. You can book your tee time today or learn some more information at DuncanGolfReno.com. That's DuncanGolfReno.com. This week's show also brought to you by one of the staples in Northern Nevada. Archie's has been serving the community for over 26 years now, located at across Mackey, or across Virginia. I butcher this every single week. Across Virginia from Mackey on Virginia and McCarran, at Virginia McCarran. There it is. Nailed it. <laughs> you guys know where it is. If you're listening to this podcast, you know where Archie's is. Nevada named Archie's the best burger in Northern Nevada. It was just named the best restaurant by the Nevada School of Business. Archie's sources locally. If you are trying to do your part to support local businesses, Archie's is one of them. So uh, you buy a burger at Archie's, you are supporting local organizations who are providing the beef, who are providing the, the buns for the best burger in Northern Nevada. And I'm sitting here drinking a a Coors Light this week. I'm mixing it up for my White Claw Ways. But if you want to fill up a growler every day from four to six, half off, $8, any growler, you can make your own growler. 
they'll probably fill it up for $8. So visit archiesreno.com or call in at 322-9595. That's archiesreno.com or call in at 322-9595. Okay, bro. Uh, As of about Saturday, actually Sunday, I was starting to think that I was going to have to do this show solo because your ear blew up almost immediately after recording last week. Yeah, it was weird how it all happened. It's kind of fortunate that it actually hung out as long as it did. But yeah, after we recorded on Wednesday night, that night my ear started to basically feel like it was just being filled up with water. Um, shortly after that, couldn't really hear anything out of my left ear. Had trouble sleeping, was kind of in pain the rest of the night. Um, but yeah, without getting too graphic in my details, yeah, it ended up getting super infected. Uh, my ear well, right now. What I do? Well, what what is it? ruptured eardrum, right? Yeah. Well, so that's what is led to believe. Oh, we don't know yet. Yeah. So, Ooh, well, so, so this so this is how it happened. Is so on Thursday, I woke up, ear was killing me. I told the Sedora, "Hey, like I got to go to urgent care. Like I, my head's killing me." So we both went to urgent care. Um, they told me, "Yeah, you have a ruptured eardrum," is what's going on. Um, they basically said take these eardrops to kind of fix it or whatever, and gave me a, they gave me some weak antibiotics if I believe. No, I think the drops were the antibiotics. So whatever, took the drops. First session felt great. I could hear again on my left ear. I was like, oh, perfect, everything's getting better. Later on that day, take the drops the next time before I go to bed. Wake up Friday, uh, what three in the morning, four in the morning, and get the nod of approval. That's about the time. Three, four in the morning, and I was just in an insane amount of pain. Um, we ended up having to go to the ER, which I I think you're similar to me. I try and hold off the hospital as like yep. the very, very last resort. I don't like to go to the hospital. don't like to be around them, especially right now with the circumstances that we're in. Um, but it was just too bad. Went to the went to the hospital. Doctor goes, hey, yeah, it's your ear is all infected, blah, blah, blah. He goes, I would have never given you drops, any of this stuff. He goes, yeah, so he goes, so he's already thrown the other guy under the bus, gives me different antibiotics, and then some painkillers. And he, they go, of course, they're now we're cla- talking. classic. Here, you would think. He goes, take these painkillers, give it 45 minutes, and by the time you get home and get to bed, the pain will be going away and you'll be able to sleep. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So take the painkillers in the hospital. I'm telling us like he said it's going to feel better but it's still incredibly painful like my ear was killing me i couldn't hear anything it was ringing like i had the worst headache i mean the pain level was insane and then so i lay down in bed though i'm gonna drink this whole beer by the time this story's over yeah painkiller never kicks in long long story short painkiller never kicks in i'm in pain that entire night can't sleep maybe sleep four hours total of these two nights end up having going back to the er the next day or later, I guess would have been that night, the next morning, whatever, get different yeah. painkillers because it hurts so bad. Long story short, my ear is fine now. I went and saw an ear, nose, and throat specialist. There's a stint in my ear to basically prop it open because my whole ear was swollen shut. Jeez. That's why I wasn't hearing anything. So there's something in there. So the, so these new drops I have can go through my ear and fix the problem. Long story short, still can't hear. Long story short. Long story short. Yeah. That was my What? So what's the deal? You have to go back and get some sort of non-invasive deal or what i gotta go back so i already went to the ear nose and throw it on monday and i gotta go back to him on friday and he's hoping by friday that these drops are gonna be doing what they're supposed to and they can pull the stint out of my ear so i can hear again 
Wow. So I've so I've gone about a whole week now without being able to hear out of my left ear, and it's been frustrating for me, and it's been very frustrating for for Isadora when she sits on the left side of me because I cannot hear anything. That's an excuse, dude. It's a free out. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. What's that? (laughs) A right right ear is acting up too. I think I gotta go take a nap. Wild. Uh, that would be shitty. Yeah, there's there's, there's, my, there's my ears there's my there's my ear story for everybody who's interested. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's open weekly yearbook number nine. Number nine, we're at, and with some news this week, which I'm going to start with. I'll let you start. We might end up at weekly yearbook number fifty-eight. Mm-hmm. The way this thing's going, I'll let you start. What would what, you find? That's honestly where I was going to start was there was nothing more terrifying than getting the news that California was shutting down. Well, first it started off with that they were going all on campus or doing all online. And obviously the sports question comes with it. And you obviously have San Jose State, Fresno State, San Diego State mixed in those California State University lumps. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the argument from people on Twitter. Just love the spirit of people saying, oh, you're so stupid. You forgot UCLA. You forgot Cal. But people are not smart enough to figure out they're not part of the California state university system. It's a whole different thing. Um, But there's nothing more terrifying than now we are staring this coronavirus and the possibility of not having football in the fall or the entire year right in the face. That was my first one. I'm glad I'm happy. I'm, I'm so proud of you. You actually figured out what was going on. You learned a little bit about it. You incorporated it in, you know, I'm like sports, sports podcasts, I took about it took about eight weeks off talking anything <laughs> sports related. Did talk about the UFC battle for a brief moment, but yeah, UFC figured battle. Have, <laughs> figured to have to the talk UFC about game. That. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that long ago. I think you led weekly yearbook with a raccoon in your apartment building. Well, I mean, to be honest, that was the highlight of the week. <laughs> it was my my first one as well. To kind of take this a, a step, you know, higher level. There are people intentionally peddling fear right now, and I do not want to hear you argue against it. It's intentional. There are people pushing it. You don't have to go far to find it, and there's a reason that they're doing it. This isn't anything new. It's not just in the wake of coronavirus. Fear is a powerful way to control people and control the narrative. I think fear is as much of a reason that we're in the current state that we are as the pandemic itself. That would be controversial to some. We've tried to get away from the negatives on on this show and be positive, be optimistic. It's not fun to discuss the negatives anyway. There are some who enjoy it. Um, it's one of the reasons that we try to do a glass, glass half full as much as possible. But I've been authentic in my concerns about all college sports next year. Not just this week. I talked about it a lot after Craig Thompson made his remarks Uh, About a month ago, when he said, if there's no football in the fall, it's unlikely there's going to be any other sports because football is such an important part of the revenue stream for the conference and the individual universities' uh, total revenue. Right? You got to play football to generate the revenue to play the sports that don't, which is the overwhelming majority of them. On Tuesday, as you alluded to, the Cal State Chancellor said its 23 campuses will be remote in the fall. It will be virtual. And the the three schools you alluded to, Fresno State, San Jose State, San Diego State, all in the Mountain West, all in the Mountain West West. Nevada's football division, by the way. And if students aren't on campus, you cannot have sports. 
as much as I want there to, to be sports in the spirit of amateurism and the student athlete, you can't say it's not safe enough for you to go attend biology one-on-one, but it is safe enough for you to go to football practice. It, it, it's too contradictory. It, it, it would not work. So something either would have to change like a vaccine before the fall. And that doesn't appear that's going to be happening or other Mountain West schools are going to have to play a schedule without the California teams. It's going to throw schedules completely out of sorts. I don't know how realistic that is, but I don't know how realistic any of this is. This is so bizarre how we're navigating all of this, or we're simply not going to have sports, any sports next year. Part of me doesn't understand the California State, Cal State Chancellor making the decision right now. I think a lot of people would say, why are you making this decision in mid-May for something, you know, camp call, classes will happen in September, typically, w- w- when they start. And yes, of course, students have to plan they have to get to campus. There's some, there's more that goes into it. It does seem like this decision could have waited. Of course, there's the political element to this, and we all know where California is politically, and this whole thing has become politicized, and, and that's another wrinkle. Long story short, to steal Adam's terminology here, we have a problem. We have a big, big problem, and we will do it. I will not say I'd be excited about the idea of doing the Reno slant every single week for 15 months without Nevada sports, because that's where we're at right now. We're looking at that. <laughs> it's gonna be rough i mean like you said we'll do it but man man I, um if i'm talking about my raccoon that raccoon in week three imagine where we're gonna be in week 30 you're gonna have a name for this raccoon you're gonna be petting it it's gonna have a dog a raccoon door into your apartment we're gonna have a whole thing going on we're gonna have it on the yeah. podcast i mean your beard is just gonna be obnoxious i'm gonna have a shaved head like our eyes just gonna be constantly twitching and we're gonna be <laughs> slowly losing it there was some i mean to kind of wrap this up, not as much Mountain West related. There seems to be some quasi positive news coming out of the NBA right now. For those of you who follow Woj and and what he's been putting out there, the NBA, it seems is like all leagues. They're looking into options and they're generating some momentum to trying to play. I think my, the heat today Return to voluntary workouts, of course, in Florida. And I think 12 of the of the players were there. The NBA is hoping to have 22 of the 30 teams, I think the number was, doing voluntary workouts over the next couple weeks. That would start. Um, UFC was on Saturday. Uh, I know German soccer is going to get going here shortly. You have the Korean baseball organization. You have organi- um, sports organizations or leagues who are trying it out. Who are gonna who dip on their toe in the pond and seeing what the reaction is, seeing if they can make it happen. This is as many have talked about. It's going to be a test of risk tolerance for, for for these leagues. And the fact that leagues are trying this are you're you're getting a sense of what models might work, what leagues may want to try or adjust based on what's going on. And the NBA is going to make a go of it. It sounds like it's it's either Orlando or Vegas. What it sounds Ooh. like, it's going to be a quarantine campus style. Who knows what it would look like? It would be extreme quarantining, essentially, like the UFC's done. 
where they have all been been isolated. They have another card tonight and another one on Saturday. Actually, love it, man. If there's anybody to push the limits, Dana White. Good, good for Dana White. I'm I'm happy that they're doing this right now. That man does not care. Actually, another thing, sports-related, side note, forgot to mention this. The other night, um, what was that, Wednesday, Thursday night, whatever night that was before my ear was really killing, uh, Isidore and I took a stroll through Tampa, downtown area, yep. uh, d- decided to cross the bridge onto Davie Island, the more wealthier part of Tampa, we'll put it that way, some nicer houses, i.e., we drove right past where Tom Brady lives. Really? We checked out. Yeah, I saw the house real quick. We were both just curious. Um how do you Davis, know it's Tom Brady's house? There's a big sign that said Tom Brady lives here. Well, Davis Island's pretty small. We read an article that said they were comp- complaining about the privacy, and they showed a picture of the house, and we were both like, oh, I bet you we could find that. Drove on the island, found it. Oh, cool. So we did exactly what they were complaining about, the privacy. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, I'll go back to my good news. That will be my second point. Nike was doing some good for the healthcare workers. Obviously, there's been, you've seen a lot of companies, whether it be free food, free services, you know, a lot of people showing signs of you know appreciation and respect for a lot of the healthcare workers that are literally on the front lines of this thing and working crazy shifts. But they designed a special athletic shoe for healthcare workers that can withstand 12-hour shifts. Not exactly sure how they did it, but that's going to be a comfortable soul. And Nike donated 30,000 pairs to hospitals across the United States and 2,500 to hospitals in Europe. Uh, they're also sending like an additional over 100,000 apparel items, including like compression socks and sportswear kits and as, as special thank yous and whatnot. But that's got to be one, like probably an underrated shoe. Because if you're on your feet for 12 hours a day, as somebody who worked on a farm and was on his feet for 9, 10 hours a day, I mean, your the soles of your shoes can make all the difference. Yeah. So that that's a that's a good little niche market right there to get into is you know f- healthcare worker shoes who are people on their feet just all yeah. the time. My second one, I, I, as I wrapped up my first point there, obviously I watched the UFC fights on Saturday. I think a lot of us did, and I talked about it last week. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about the UFC or pretend that I follow it closely. However, I am becoming more of a fan. I've watched more of these recently, even before all this crap started. I thought it was going to be weird not having fans definitely be different, and it was. However, I thought the broadcast did a really good job of acknowledging it, and that made it more... Um, I don't want to say normal, but allowed you to kind of adapt to it as a viewer a little bit quicker. It was actually a little bit more interesting in some aspects in that you could hear everything. Mm-hmm. You could hear all the punches, all, all the kicks landing. The fighters could definitely hear the broadcasters because they're all really? sitting ringside. Yeah, there was a couple of fighters. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of fighters who talked about it. Really? I mean, you can hear yourself. It would be weird. You hear people analyzing your every move in real time. Yeah, I guess that's true. On I, national pay-per-view television. And you could hear the coaches yelling from both corners. You, you could hear, hear what they were saying. There was at least one fighter's corner who was yelling out code words, which was smart. Did they at any point, like, was it just a long, like, curse word blur at all? Or were there just bombs going? There's always sure, there's yeah, always profanity sure. with, with UFC, and you hear, oh, you hear really? the fighters talking about it. They, they bleep out the serious stuff. Okay, I so guess there's, there's, there's a couple of fighters where they interview they interviewed later and it was like a three second long bleep because it's always on delay. 
So they, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. they so they can bleep it out. Tony Ferguson in the the title fight or the main fight, if you will, lost to uh, I think it was Justin Gaethje, who I did not I knew who Tony Ferguson was. I didn't know who Gaethje was. And Tony Ferguson took a pounding, got blasted. I mean, the broadcast kept talking about it. Could not believe that he stood on his feet. You watched you watched that fight, and it got to the point in the fifth round where you almost felt uncomfortable with how much of a beating he had took, but refused to. Santa Bucks are back at Meyer Now through Saturday, you decide what's on sale and save even more on the things you love. Like a Nintendo Switch Lite, just $199.99. Or an LOL Surprise OMG 2020 collection for $39.99. And save time and get your groceries delivered with Meyer Home Delivery, so you can stay out of the elements on these chilly winter days. Enjoy the great deals at Meyer. Exclusions apply. Visit Meyer.com to get started. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. To waver, refused it to go down. Uh, really impressive fight before they finally called it. Seems like Gaethje will either get Khabib or McGregor now. They're both chirping on Twitter. UFC loves to chirp on, on Twitter. Uh, two more cards this week, as I mentioned. One tonight, another one Saturday. They're all in Jacksonville. They're all being quarantined out there. It didn't seem like there was too much backlash on Twitter. At least mm-hmm. I didn't see a ton of it. Maybe I'm just ignoring it at, at this point. I'm watching again on Saturday. I'm dropping yeah, 70 bucks again. Well, I feel like UFC is one of those uh, sports leagues organizations. <laughs> the people chirping on Twitter, they know there is going to be no um, uh, welcoming presence or any exception of the, of the complaints. They are going to be met swiftly with people disagreeing with them. Well, that's that's what the Twitter trolls do, though. They they want people to disagree with them. They want to get under people's skin, and that's why I thought there might be more of it yeah, on Saturday. Again, sense. maybe there was. I just I've gotten to the point where I've tuned a lot of this stuff out. Look at you, Nathan, getting so mature, not getting fired up by everybody. I told you, bro. I I've, I've, I came to this realization th- like three weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it on Twitter, where we can get upset about this. And a lot of people have do have reasons to be upset. Or you can just say, what I feel is not going to change the reality. I mm. can tweet a million times. I can go blah, go ballistic on, on the podcast. And that's not going to change the reality that we're all working from home. Sports leagues can't play sports. People are losing their jobs. It's not going to change any of it. So I'm just going to say, it is what it is. I can control how I feel about it. I control what content I'm consuming, and I'm I'm tuning out a lot of it at this point. Namaste. Namaste. Uh, my third one I was going to bring up, it was actually something you were talking about, the fear the fear mongering, you know, trying to incite fear in everybody and get everybody riled up. But I felt like for a little bit in the last, I don't know, week, week and a half, the coronavirus f- overall fear was kind of flattening. People aren't getting like so, you know, terrified of this thing people are understanding the situation we're in and so what did the media did they start to throw in this murder hornet 
this murder hornet that's supposed to kill everybody. Which and, is which is not even a concern for people, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. People trying they're trying to get, get you afraid of something. And I was looking at it at first, you yeah, you see the video of this thing, and I'm like, this thing looks insane. It's gonna be able to bite my finger off. Yeah. However, yeah, it only took a couple days later for the internet to kind of catch up to that thing and shut it down because they basically threw the murder hornet in your face, like all right, you want to avoid the coronavirus, go outside and this thing's going to kill you. And then it quickly got found out that the thing was not as anywhere near what they were trying to make it to be. Yeah. Um, so there, there was another, uh, it's just fun now with, with the way the news flows and the way people are figuring things out and things are getting sh- spread to the world. It's just, it spikes up real quick. Everything comes at you real quick and then it can go away real fast, but social media. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But that murder hornet, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw a video of it, I was like, that thing looks insane. It's going to kill it us do, all. It, do, it does look insane. Yeah, it does look. It's It just looks bonkers. And then you start hearing, reading more about it. It's like, okay, that's just. <laughs> uh, my last point here on, on a personal note. Last week was a bittersweet week for me. I did live this out on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, you, you know this already. On Thursday night, I dropped in with the boys on Warzone and got my first dub. Got my first dub in Warzone, and that's a rush. If you haven't been there, uh, we probably haven't played the game. I, you don't have to be that skilled. You just need a good squad to play with you. I wasn't solos. I was playing with three others, playing quads. Some will say it doesn't count. Screw you. It counts. It, it counts in my, my win-loss. And <laughs> I'm a champion. That's all there is to it. Hang the banner. Put it up. Hey, yeah. You should probably retire while you're on top. I, I know we should have. How are you? How are you? How are you? Out and never log back in again. <laughs> then on Saturday, feeling good about myself, went golfing for the first time in a couple months, and I need to take that banner down. Let me preface this by saying: last summer, I was shooting mid nineties consistently, which was definitely the best I, I've played. I was playing somewhat regularly. Starting to feel myself a little bit, could feel myself getting better, getting some fairly ambitious goals with the game of golf. You know, I'm going to shoot mid 80s consistently. That's that, that's where I'm going to get next. In the fall, before a round, I can I remember this specific round. I go to the course, I go to the range before, and it felt like, you know, in Space Jam where the the players lose their talent. Yeah, yeah. I had no control of the club face. I had no idea what, what was happening. I felt so awkward over the ball out of nowhere. My round blew up that day. Blew up. I stopped keeping score on, on the back. Played a few more rounds. Same thing. I was hoping that I would go out there on Saturday and I'd get back to my ways. Whatever bad habits I had built would be gone, be out of the swing and start making some solid contact again. Nope. 127 was my score after 18 holes. People joked on Twitter, I didn't know you played 36. It's a good joke. Got me. Worst round I I may have ever played. I kept score. People were like, why'd you keep score? You're a maniac at that point. You got to quit. Put put yourself through that pain. I had to keep score so that it would hurt. I had to make it hurt. I had to feel the burn. I got to fight through this. I enjoy the game too much not to play. I will tell you, I contemplated throwing my clubs in the lake as I left the course and saying, I'm done with this game forever, as we've all been there. We've all been there. Uh, So if any of you have any recommendations for an instructor in Vegas, let me know. I think it's one small thing 
that's just totally ruining me. I'm definitely between the ears right now. Uh, it's it's tough right now. I should just take the war zone, apparently. That was going to be my recommendation to stop being such a head case. <laughs> it's pretty, I mean, that's it. That's, I mean, that's golf. Yeah. That's just, did the, just did the quick math there. You're averaging just over seven strokes a hole. Oh, yeah. Just shy of a snowman. It's about how many golf balls I, I was would, using a hole, too. I would say 127. I'm trying to remember what, what like the what round you would shoot like when you're first starting. Probably somewhere around there, like when you're just starting. Mm-hmm. Probably around there. Man, I'd say you just woke up from a really long dream and reality hit you. I think that's where we are. <laughs> I need golf now more than ever, and and this is what this is what I get. This is this is Sisolak saying, "Here you go, Nathan. You can have golf back." <laughs> Find some happiness in this. Oh, man. Awful. All right. Anything else from you before we close? Weekly yearbook number nine? Nope. Good here. <laughs> nope. Okay. We'll kick it now to our conversation with Nevada Hoops Commit, Jelani Clark. Great conversation with him. You guys are going to like this, dude. Here's that conversation. Jelani, dude, I was just telling you before we push record, appreciate you making the time, but I'll say it so everyone can, else can hear me say it now. Thank you for uh, for coming on. Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm happy to be here. The obvious first question is just what the hell have you been up to? I'm sure you've been doing school virtually. All of us are stuck at home. We can't leave our houses. How have you been doing right. with all this? Uh, it's been great. It's easier this way to me. You know, yeah. I get to focus on my work, focus on myself. You know what I'm saying? Isolate myself from people. So I mean, it's been great. I feel like it's been it's been great. There's people. It's just funny because like people out here are really just so uneducated. And it just makes me laugh. So how so? I think it, it's like this. I mean, the coronavirus is real. I'm not saying it's yeah. not real, but people just don't know. Like it's been around for so long. Yep. It's just it just makes me laugh. Like because people are just so uneducated. I was like. Y'all just pick up a Lysol bottle and just read the back. It says coronavirus on it. Hey, that's all I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Dude, that's been been my take as well. No one knows Uh, what the hell's going on. Everyone's just yelling without any certainty. Uh, Crazy stuff. You've been been watching watching Netflix? I have to ask everyone what they've been watching on Netflix looking for some recommendations. Uh, No, I watch basketball. I don't watch Netflix. There's no basketball going on either. You you watching old replays or what? Uh, Film. Yeah, Nevada, um, old stuff. I mean, I watched the whole Last Dance thing. I got the link to it, so I've already watched the whole thing. So, I mean, wait, just wait the the whole thing, myself the whole thing. Have active. you seen the episodes that aren't out yet? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk after this. <laughs> I've already seen it. <laughs> How'd you get that? I know a lot of people. <laughs> Apparently, apparently, well, what, what'd you what'd you make of it? So the rest of us simpletons have watched eight episodes. Yeah, um, it just shows that why he's the greatest all the time. Yeah, my opinion, but I can't really say he's the greatest in my eyes because I haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. Like actually, right? But just how he carries himself is just. Gracious. Unbelievable how, how he carried himself. Um, 
so I was talking to MJ there. We'll talk a little bit about you, certainly. You know, we've, we've mm-hmm. had a couple of the guys on, uh, the last month or so here and it's, mm-hmm. you know, guys trying to find ways to get creative to, you know, stay active, get some mm-hmm. shots up. Have you been able to find a, a spot to, to shoot, to stay active? What, what, what you been up to there? Um, I don't really like to give out all my secrets, but you know, I love you guys. So, um, I mean, I have a boys and girls club. Yep. And West Oakland, where I'm from. So I go there whenever I pretty much want to. So, um, I said, I have the whole weight room gym set up there. So, you know, I get, it's like my therapy. You know oh, dude. Yeah. I be there hooping and, you know, I slept myself for everybody else. And uh, it's great. I, Y'all go see. Y'all go see the difference. I'm like, dang. <laughs> yeah. You be, it sounds like you've been working. Yeah. <laughs> I've been working hard. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the things, I mean, obviously this does not happen without hard work. I, the San Francisco Chronicle recognized you last month as the regional player of the year for San Francisco. Uh, a lot yeah. of basketball players <laughs> in the San Francisco area. And some people care about personal awards like that. Others do not. What did that award mean to you? Um, I'm not gonna see and say it did mean anything, but I was trying to win state. So yeah, that's my whole thing. It was great though, you know. There's a lot of good hoopers and SF and everything. It's it's an honor though for real. I was, mm-hmm. It was cool, but I was trying to get that ring. <laughs> so. I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, one of the reasons you, you certainly won the award, I mean, you put up numbers this year. Obviously, um, end of the year just gets rug gets pulled out from, from under you. Uh, but you averaged almost 16 points per game this year. Your, your team was ranked, I think I saw, you know, top 40 on max preps. That's some sort of computer ranking that compiles all that. So take it for what it's worth. Um, but you personally weren't ranked by any recruiting services, at least not any of the major ones. I mean, did that bother you at all? Hell no. No? Makes me happy because I don't really know who I am. <laughs> Makes me happy. I like, I like to be on no one's scouting report, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a, hey, I'm from Oakland. You know, we get, we get everything out the mud out here. So mm-hmm. I ain't really tripping on the recognition because you're going to have to play me. So yep. you're going to have to. <laughs> so that whole thing, I don't really reckon that. Hell, it don't mean shit to me. I really don't care. I played against the top players in the country, and they, I feel like none of them really got the best of me. So yeah, yeah, dude, I'm I'm, I'm already excited. You, you just talked. I'm already getting excited to see you up at Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you gave me a hard time when I asked you about before we push record about you switching positions technically after your sophomore year. You went from uh-huh. uh, a point guard to more of a shooting guard, uh, off ball a little bit, and then you laughed at All me. Right. So that, that mm-hmm. transition, I guess, w- wasn't too difficult for you, or, or was it? Um. So what happened was, after my freshman year, we were 8-18. and 18. We were very bad. Yep. So I was like, you know, I'm a freshman, so I'm, I'm trying to learn through my seniors. You know, my seniors aren't really basketball players. You know, they're just mm-hmm. – I mean, I'm not going to say that. They're basketball players. They just weren't that good. They looked up to me. You know, I was a freshman, so I'm like, damn, so I got to grow up fast. So my sophomore year was where we got a new coach. So we got Joseph Curtin, and he was already a JV coach. Mm-hmm. So I already built that relationship with him and everything. So he put the ball in my hands. I was like, all right, 
We're going to make something happen. So he put the ball in my hands. We won CCS championship. Okay. We're still not that good. You know, we're losing people. I'm like, there's someone in San Francisco by the name of Bryce Monroe, which is my cousin. Your cousin, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to play against this mother for two, three more years. It's not going to happen. So I was like, yeah, come on. So he came along. And that whole him coming made everything else that much easier. Yeah. Like, I was like, he gets buckets. So he's going to do what he does. I can focus on rebounding, defending, doing everything else. This, it was like, it was a method to my madness. Everyone was like, why do you want to play with him? I've been playing with him since I was a little kid, so I already know how he get that get down. <laughs> so, you no, know, he, he a bucket, so he go get his. You know what I'm saying? But we go, we gonna learn. Yeah. So senior year come. Well, junior year, I'm, I'm okay. Junior year, it was kind of a disaster. You know, we, we got upset first round. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It was more of a year where no one really like, there was no leadership. Right. So senior year come. We get this seven foot African kid. We get this, this transfer from Hillsdale, Robert. Very, very good. We get him. I'm like, okay. We got some here. We got, you know, we got two Sudanese, uh, African kids, Rini and Chan. We got them. I'm like, we got pieces. And we just took off. Awesome. So yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, so when people say, Oh, you moved to no. I did not move anything. <laughs> I did not move anything. <laughs> I got my pieces. You got so your pieces. Got got some toys to play with. So, um, sacrifice. One thing I've picked up here in our ten minutes of talking, you're not a guy who's going to lack confidence out there. And a, lo- a lot of guys or a lot of people listening may not have had chance to watch on or watching the videos of you playing or in, in your highlights. Mm-hmm. So I asked uh, DeAndre Henry when he was on a couple weeks ago, um, you know, how would you describe your playing style? So for you, you know, ex- explaining to all the Nevada fans who are listening, how would you explain your playing your playing style? Wait, what was what did he say our playing style was? Because I kind of forgot. No, he didn't. Ask, I asked him what his playing style was. Now I'm what asking DeAndre Henry, big man, also your future. Oh teammate. my god! <laughs> <laughs> my god! Oh, um. My game? Yeah. Yeah. How would you, how would you describe it? Um, I'm a leader. Yeah. I, I just feel like I do what I do every time. I care about scoring any of that. Mm-hmm. I like defense. Defense is what, uh, you know, defense is what I like to base my game on. Defense is everything to me. So I feel like if you can make the person that you're guarding uncomfortable, make him get out of the offense, it makes everything else that much easier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I don't really – I'm a trash talker, but I say small stuff. I don't I don't really like to – oh, because you – I don't need to do all that. I'm, I'm going to just say small stuff to you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can score on you. You know, I might say something to your coach. Like, I think you should take him out. This is my opinion. I, I'm gonna give you a true story of what happened during playoffs. First, uh, first round of playoffs, we played with Modesto Christian, and this, um, the sophomore guard was guarding me, and he's, uh, he's playing for the same AAU team as me. 
coming up. Okay. So I think like one play, I think something like they like hit it out of bounds and the ball went out of bounds. He was like, yeah, like they clapping. I'm like, all right. So we just, you guys want to poke the bear, I guess. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So next play, I come down, you know, uh, you know, and one. And then, um, I'm like, you ready? And he was like, well, I was like, it's going to get real ugly, like right now. Like right now. It's going to get real ugly right now. So I made the free throw. We get a stop. I get a dunk. Okay. We, we hooping. We hooping. Step back three, bop in his face. I turn on to his coach. I said, coach, it's time. Get, get his ass out the game. Get him out. So they call a timeout. <laughs> they call a timeout. He gets out the game. And I just look at him like, you, you better stay in your place, bro. You, you, <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that was that whole thing. That's no, awesome. I, I feel like, yeah, I'm a leader. I'm just a leader. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Do you think that might be difficult being a, you know, coming in with a mindset of being a leader, which obviously I think every team wants, but as a freshman coming in and, and trying to set the tone? Freshman is kind of just, it's a, it's like, okay, I'm a freshman. Okay. But a lot of people, like, I've talked to everyone on the team pretty much. They know I don't play. I don't act like a freshman. Awesome. My whole, my demeanor, how I go about things, I, I don't act like a freshman. I'm saying so. You do not. But like, people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with them. I agree everybody with Everybody on our team. I watch yeah. film on everybody on our team. So I know everyone's strengths and weaknesses. I know everyone's. So when we get on campus, we go work on the strengths and weaknesses. What do you got? What's the what's the scouting report? You've been watching film. Oh, I mean, my favorite, everybody's favorite, Jalen Harris. You know, oh, that's yeah. my dude. That's my dude. He's a bucket, guaranteed yeah. bucket. That's what he. That's what he does. He, he gets. He gets. He gets buckets. So my whole thing is, I just want him. I want him to get to that little mid range spot because ain't nobody gonna be able to mess with him there. Yeah, just get him to his work. We just gotta get him in his right space. You know, then Warren, that dude's a freak, freak athlete. He can, he can shoot it. He's trying to get a shot. You know, we talk, you know, he just said, throw it up there. I said, well, you make my job that much easier. Yep. I love passing. So I'll throw it up there to you. Um, who else we got? Trey, Trey, I've talked to the most. Trey Coleman. Yeah. I've talked to him the most. I've talked to him probably the most out of everybody on the team. You know, we'd be talking and Trey's more like a, he do everything. Yeah. So we're hoping to get Trey on here in a few weeks. Oh yeah, that's my dude. That's my dude. Who else we got? Incoming freshman Alum. Strap. Ultimate shooter. Lights out. He can shoot that thing. Who else we got? Um uh, we got a kid from France, Lefty, forgot his name. Kane. I like him. I like him. I like his game. He just he lacked confidence last year, but I feel like he gonna be he gonna be something. He's gonna be good. <laughs> Who else we got? Oh, Desmond, my roommate, my guy, the one and only. Yeah, him. He he just like me. So that's easy yeah. to work with. He just like me. Um You got I'm going to top my head if you see this. I'm not even looking at nothing. I'm going off the top of my head. I'm not You got, got also KJ, got KJ. Athlete. Zane. He's good though. I like KJ. Wiry, defender. Yep. Who else we got? Zane. Meeks. Uh, Meeks. Ooh, strap. I talked to him on the phone. He can shoot it. He's just slow as hell. 
<laughs> well, we, 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 you we tell him that? We can work with that, though. <laughs> we got to get his feet moving a little bit slow. on defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. He got two less, two less feet. Nah, he, he's good, though. He's straight. He can shoot the thing. Who else we got? We got um Daniel. I haven't really seen him that much. I like him, though. 6'6". Six, six. He got... You got potential. Who else we got? Uh, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Robbie. Robbie. He's he's getting better. I like Robbie. He's getting better. He lacked conference last year, but he's getting better. I like mm-hmm. Robbie. He's good too. Our whole team is just oh, we're gonna be a problem. People, do, if we stay healthy, we're gonna be a problem. People just don't understand. Like, Coach Alfred don't play. He don't get. He don't get. He don't get people that don't know how to hoop. That's right. That's right. So you just kind of went down the list there. That was, that was awesome. Uh, for you yourself, you're a confident dude. You expect to, I'm sure, get, get minutes, contribute, um, be one of the guys. You know, is there a part of your game? You talked about, you know, you like passing, you like playing defense. Um, is there a part of your game in particular that once you get to campus and start working with some division one coaches on a regular basis where you say, you know, this is what I want to get better at? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, well, Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually. And we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close, even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. My ball my ball handling a week. Don't get it messed up. I can dribble. I want it to get like Kyrie. So that's my whole thing. I work on my ball handling. My shot is getting very, very consistent. So my body, awesome. you know, I'm putting on weight, but you know, I'm playing against grown, grown men. Yep. So that whole thing, but yeah, probably like my body and my ball handling just to get that to a 10, you know, get yep. my ball handled to where I don't get ripped, but you know, if I can get us into the offense easy. And up and running, you know, everything else just becomes basketball. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, you got to be looking, you know, Nevada's backcourt last year loses a ton. Jazz Johnson, gone. Lindsey yes. Drew, gone. We'll, we'll see about Jalen. I think you, like the rest of us, would love to see him back next year. But if he gets to go play in the league, you know, go play in the league. Uh, you have to be looking around saying, I got a chance to not only play, but get some heavy minutes next year. Right. Um... I mean, oh, I forgot about one more dude. We haven't talked about guys, Grant. We haven't talked about. Yeah, Grant. Uh, I like Grant. I like Grant game too. He's he's really good. But I just feel like I don't know. Like I just feel like everybody go see how I carry myself. I'm a point guard, so mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do what a point guard does. And it, you know, if yep. I'm not the guy to start, I ain't the guy to start. But. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't really let people outwork me, but so yeah, I think I should. I think I'm gonna get a lot of minutes. It's there. It's there for you. Doors open, no question. It really is. Doors open for us for us freshmen to 
see what we can do. You know what I'm yep. saying? But I'm ready. So. I bet, dude. And, and uh, we're, we're ready to see you up at Lawler, as I mentioned. See you rocking in a Nevada uniform. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be a, a fun year, hopefully. You know, knock on wood. It's crazy times right now. But certainly appreciate yeah. you making time to, to join the podcast. A lot of fun chatting with you. For sure. I told you guys that you were going to like that conversation. He, he's not going to be your standard freshman showing up uh, in the winter. And, of course, the big asterisk is if there is winter sports this winter. And yikes. Either way, whether there is sports or there are not sports, you know you're going to be rocking your Nevada gear next year. I'm rocking a, a Nevada tank right now. You can pick up your new Nevada apparel for the summer. Over at Silver and Blue Outfitters, it is your source for Nevada apparel. Locally owned and operated, they are constantly releasing new Nevada apparel. You can pick that up at silverandblueoutfitters.com. I believe Mark did open the campus location. Don't quote me on that. I saw something on Twitter. I believe that location might be open as well. If you don't want to go show that show up on site, I should say, the website again is silverandblueoutfitters.com. Double guest action this week. We're going to kick it now to our conversation with Travis Crowder. Travis is the Chief Professional Officer of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Mason Valley. Had Travis on because they put on Night in the Country. And on Tuesday, yesterday, they made the decision public that they were going to have to cancel Night in the Country. That's a blow to Yearington. It's a blow to the Boys and Girls Club of Mason Valley. That's a blow to anyone who enjoys going to that festival, and coming back Sunday on Violently Hungover. We've all been there. It's part of the experience out at night in the country. Um, really good conversation with Travis, and uh, here that is. Okay, Travis, uh, really appreciate you coming on on, sh- on such short notice. I can tell you this is the quickest we've ever gone. Let's get an interview to actually pushing record. This was like 30 minutes. <laughs> good. I'll give it a shot. I'm ready. Um, especially considering everything that's been going on right now. Uh, obviously pulled the plug on Night in the Country yesterday. Wasn't something that just started yesterday. Conversations, I'm sure, started a, a couple months ago. Um, so for those of us listening and for me, I mean, I have no idea what goes into putting together a festival and making a decision of this magnitude. So can you kind of bring us behind the curtain to kind of start with what all went into us us getting here? Sure, sure. You know, and and you're exactly right. It it uh, it has been something we've been dealing with for for a while. Um, you know, the climate around here continually changes, and and on a regular basis. And and uh, basically, what it boils down to is, uh, like I think in any festival or any group gathering, it, it really boils down to public safety, and uh, that's kind of where we were going with things in the sense of. You know, in our state uh, of Nevada, there's just uh, that path to get us to where we needed to go uh, mm-hmm. when it came to social distancing, mass gatherings, and things of that nature. Um, they just weren't progressing, uh, and and with that being the case, uh, we just didn't see a scenario uh, where pulling together, you know, seventy five hundred to ten thousand people in confined settings was was going to be realistic. Was this a decision that you guys made entirely on your own or was there any government you know, involvement where they said, you know, this isn't going to be realistic by the time July sure. comes around? Right. You know, and, and no, we, we did do it on our own, uh, but the signs were there and we had, yeah. you know, started to see them. You know, I think, um, you know, 
there's a lot of permitting, as you can imagine, that goes on with a with a festival, mm-hmm. especially one that is a multi day deal, and, and folks are are really living out there for a handful yep. of days. And so there's a lot that goes into it in terms of mass gathering permits, health permits, insurance. Um, yeah, there's just yeah. several factors, and and we were seeing where um, we were either getting uh, no callbacks on some things, we were we were mm-hmm. uh, we were flat told in some cases that we weren't. Uh, as an example, we uh, our insurance carrier that had been carrying that event for, oh my goodness, probably six, seven years. And they specialize in festivals uh, and they're out of uh, the Nashville area. Um, Flat told us that they weren't going to be providing us our insurance this year. And mind you, this is a group that is top notch and we've been with for a long time, uh, but they actually made that decision across the board for every country music festival uh, that they represent. So it would, that was concerning in terms of, it was an early indicator that, oh boy, we might be in trouble with some of these things. And, and of course, right. you know, we're very optimistic folks when you when you're when you're in a boys and girls club setting or, or a night in the country kind of festival. Um, we were very optimistic. But, yeah, as we got closer and closer, the, the those hurdles uh, that involve either, uh, you know, the uh, the political side or the governmental mm-hmm. side or even locally. Uh, yeah, they started to pop up even more frequently. I can imagine. I, I, I can imagine. And, you know, it, it goes without saying, but just for, for your organization now, I mean, this is a flagship event. Uh, you know, what does this mean for, for you guys and your organization not being able to put this event on this year? Yeah, it uh, it means a great deal. You know, there's there's uh, first there's the emotional connection. I think uh, most people that are associated with our our organization, the Boys and Girls Club, um, uh, and myself as an example, I mean, I've been uh, with them for a long time, and and every one of the years of Night in the Country, uh, and it is a little. Uh, uh, interesting and, and awkward to, to go into a summer and not have this coming, uh, you know, yep. full bore with us. And, and I know that many of my board members, our volunteers, our staff, and, and just the amazing team that we have. And, and I definitely can speak for our festival director as well. It is different not having it. Um, but mm-hmm. that being said, I, I can tell you that, yes, it means a great uh, deal to the Boys and Girls yeah. Club in terms of, you know, it, it is, you said it, uh, I think you called it a flagship and and uh, and I would agree. I mean, it is our, it's our marquee uh, event. It is the one that uh, we lean pretty heavily on. It's not our only source, but it is definitely one of the most important sources of, of revenue for our, for our club. And it's nice that uh, it's also an unrestricted right. pool of money that we can put where we need to. Um, and one that, you know, let's face yep. it, 19 years in the making uh, wasn't something we anticipated not having on our plate. So it, it's one that we're going to be creative, <laughs> um, you know, and, and we have no yep. choice but to be creative with it. But we've got an amazing team and, and we will weather the storm uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we do have an amazing uh, support base of fans that are very, very loyal to this uh, to this cause. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was if it's too sudden to ask this question. I'm sure there's been some at least initial conversations about what some of those contingency plans might be to get creative to help bridge the gap here. Um, are you comfortable sure. talking about any of those? Are they too premature? Kind of where where are you guys at there? Oh no, no, absolutely. We can dive in. You know, some of the some of which we don't know. Uh, you know, uh, yet and the only reason I say that is. Any of our events that have to do with uh, or potentially have to do with gatherings are going to be almost an unknown, right? Because I don't think we're going to have yep. much of an opportunity uh, to really plan for things when uh, I, even though we canceled night in the country as a, as a July function, I don't know what the year is going to look like come November, October, and some of these other months, if it comes to yep. an event involving a gathering. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I know that with our team, 
it's going to be centered and focused more around uh, what we can do individually. Um, you know, Nick is a prime example uh, and others that I have with me here that are uh, going to be targeting uh, and helping me with whether it be federal grants, state grants, uh, yeah. private foundations, you know, uh, individual giving, things that I know uh, necessarily won't come down to us having to, you know, gather a bunch of people together. Right. You guys just need to, you need to have Nick just start tweeting out your guys' Venmo handle. Happy to start the cash. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, that's the thing with, you know, he's very creative. So I, I definitely would not put anything past him. <laughs> uh, what's been uh, the feedback you guys have gotten since? Has it been for the last 24 hours? Has it been understanding? Has it been anger? Has it been a mix? What have you kind of been been hearing? You know, I appreciate the question. That is a good one. And, and you know, it was kind of funny. We, I, I think if it, ultimately I was way more nervous. I think most of our team was in terms of what that response was going to look like going into it. Uh, but, but boy, I tell you, the, the preparation that went into the, the announcement, uh, the yep. video, the, the press releases and, and the way that uh, it, and I, and when I say real, I mean real, this was, it, it was from the heart for a reason. I mean, I think we, yep. we wanted it to, to connect with our fans because it is the way we feel. And, and we were really glad that it was received in the same manner to them because what we've seen has been overwhelmingly um, a lot of support, not just uh, for the boys and girls club side of things, but for fellow fans it's amazing how they support each other and and in terms of you know can't wait to see it next year and you know we're definitely holding on to our passes night in the country family i mean it is a very good communal sense uh, that we saw with the with the announcement and and very grateful for it because uh, truthfully we haven't mm -hmm. seen that in some other announcements uh, of cancellations or postponements <laughs> i don't i think sometimes yeah. people make the mistake of uh, you know uh, uh you know, uh, displacing their fans and not necessarily understanding the role they play. Right. Yeah. You, you talk about there, the build up to the announcement I mean, you guys had to get your ducks in a row, the press releases, the, the videos. I mean, that took some due diligence. That took some effort and probably pales oh, yeah. in comparison to everything that went into getting to this point, you know, pre-coronavirus. I mean, as I mentioned, I don't pretend to know what it, what it takes to put together a multi-day music festival, I've only seen the Firefest <laughs> documentaries. Um, so can you provide some context into how, how <laughs> yep. Can you only provide some context into how much work ended up getting, I don't want to say thrown out the window, um, but not taken advantage of with this cancellation and how much work needs to happen from here moving forward to cross any T's, dot any I's remaining before now, between now and the what would have been event date. You bet. You bet. Yeah, great question. I, I think, uh, you know, number one, it you know, I, I will say working on night in the country uh, in general is year round. Uh, it gets, you know, it's it's oh, busier yeah. certain times of the year and, and, and so on. But right now, um, the immediate fire that we're, we're uh, uh, going to be looking at and uh, is the simple uh, window that we have for um, uh, refunds. You know, we, it was one of three options that fans had. Fans had the option of either uh, requesting a refund, which we we uh, we totally uh, can appreciate during these times, um, donating back uh, their night in the country purchase. Uh, you know, to the Boys and Girls Club, who you know on our end we would be able to resell as a benefit to our to our organization, or simply rolling over their passes, um, which we have um, you know created a, a great. Um, 
uh, incentive program called uh, Night in the Country United uh, to, to kind of encourage and mm -hmm. support that initiative if they do so. Uh, that being said, yeah, that first window, uh, it's like a three to four week window in June uh, is when uh, uh, they will be able to renew June 1st through June 26th is when they'll be able to okay. refund. Um, that is something that we, you know, we're going to spend our time preparing for um, so that we don't delay our fans. Um, yep. And then what we're going to do uh, after that is almost like what we would do in a typical night in the country year, which is, you know, when that part is done, we'll have a better uh, feel and understanding for what is on the table, what, what basically went back into the queue. And mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, um, one thing about night in the country these last couple of years, pretty much all of the higher end experiences sell out very quickly. So we're pretty confident that yep. when we're done with the refund process and we roll into a renewal for 2021, knowing what is back in the queue, if you will, we have a pretty good feeling that people will jump on those immediately and grab at least, yeah. if nothing else, they'll grab the high-end experience things before they're gone. Because once they're gone, yeah, they're they're going to be gone for the entire calendar year sure. now. So sure. uh, it, that that's our immediate one. And then long-term uh, goals or things that we're working on, uh, to the credit of the festival director, uh, immediately will be to try our best to um, move all of our artists if you will, to mm -hmm. 2021. Uh, yeah. That is uh, that's not an easy task because you know right. I mean we had. We had almost a dozen artists, so trying to coordinate those efforts and make sure that that, that lineup stays as close as we can to the same um, is going to be a challenge. But but we recognize the fact that that lineup was very uh, resonated very well with our fans, and they were very excited to see it. So in the same yeah. token, if we can keep as many of them in the same spot, would be wonderful. Yeah, awesome. P appreciate you walking through all that. There was a couple of things I wanted to touch on. The, those who had their wristbands already in campsites and what their options were. And two, I guess the planning process starts for, for 2021. The challenge is we don't even know what it's going to look like then. I mean, so is the plan right. to start putting together logistics as if that's going to happen? Yes. And, and that is what we're going to do. We're, you know, we're going to be, again, we're going to be eternally optimistic um, yep. and, and hope and pray to God that yes, a, a yes. year from now, we're not still dealing with this lovely uh, pandemic, but, mm -hmm. um, and, and in addition to that, it, we're going to amp everything up. Uh, it, it is, uh, it will be our 20th anniversary. So with it being our 20th anniversary, we want to make sure that we deliver um, what's expected of us, of course, but to go above and beyond it. Uh, and, we definitely want to make it a special year because majority of these fans are, are going to have stick, stuck by us for the entire, uh, basically, if you think about it, some of these folks, almost a two-year stretch by the time we get there. Well, let, let's hope we can, we can make that happen. And, and Travis, Matt, I know this sucks that, that there's no way around it, but really appreciate you making the time to come on the podcast and kind of pull us behind the curtain there. Oh, I definitely appreciate the time. I really do. And, and uh, I appreciate uh, you working with Nick. He's a great guy. <laughs> you guys heard us mention Nick there a few times by first name only. That is the one and only Nick Beaton, for those of you who are really plugged in. Nick was with Nevada Athletics for a number of years. He's probably most known for authoring the tweet after Nevada upset Cincinnati to go to the Sweet 16 with just all the letters all over the keyboard that generated 5 billion impressions or whatever it was. Nick was the man behind that, and he's just stuck with that now. That's just who he is. <laughs> Nick's the guy who put together that that tweet. Uh, really appreciate Travis for coming on. Such a blow not having a night in the country this year. Hopefully, get to do it again next year. That'd be great. 
One last read for you guys before we start running some slants. You guys know, by process of elimination, we're at the Tipsy Elves read portion of the show. Tipsy Elves is one of the most successful Shark Tank stories ever. They they are a fun lifestyle brand. They want to suit you up for life's most fun moments, life's most memorable moments. They're taking care of you right now. They've got all sorts of onesies and comfortable clothes for you to wear while working from home. If it's if it's one of the days you don't have a virtual Zoom meeting or conference. By the way, who's tired of all these Zoom, you know, office happy hours? You don't talk to people anyway. Why do I have to talk to them now? Tangent over. Visit tipsyls.com today. And when you do, make sure you use promo code SLANT20. That's going to earn you an additional 20% off at checkout. That's promo code SLANT20 for an additional 20% off at tipsyelves.com. We'll run some slants here. Longer show than many of them have been during coronavirus here. We'll start with weekend plans. What do you got lined up? This week, I promise, it's time for the beach. Uh, Beaches are open. Ear should be better. I can't go in the water, but I'm feeling it. The beach is happening this weekend. I don't care what happens. We're making it happen. Uh, next thing, finished Waco. Great. Yep. Actually finished it shortly after recording. And I dipped my toes. Isidore and I did in a new series. A series that we've been holding off for quite a while. You want to take a guess? A series that you've been holding off on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. On Netflix. Yep. Is it mainstream in that many people talk about it or have heard about it? Or is it a little bit more... Deep cut. I would say it's in the mainstream media, yes. Ozark. Boom. Started watching wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Real good. Very how, impressive. how far into it are you? Uh, I think we're three episodes in, three or four. You only oh man. Yeah, we didn't we didn't go on a full binge fest. We kind of like watch one or two, two maybe at the most at a time. We got we got things to do. We have a very busy quarantine yeah. schedules. Um obviously then hopefully year gets figured out and then the last thing restaurants bars all those things are starting to open apparently bars are completely opening here in a couple days in florida but i would also like to go to a restaurant just to kind of remember what that feels like yep and now that we have the option so i'm going to try and convince isidora see if we can get to a brazilian steakhouse because i don't know if you've ever been to one of those brazilian steakhouse but they Uh, are that i have the place where the, the people walk around with just literally cuts of steak they'll cut off just whatever types of steaks they got, all sorts of meats. Uh, if you go to certain ones, they ha- usually have some sort of salad bowl or salad bar. Yep. Um, the ones the ones in Brazil have all you can eat, or some of them have all you can eat sushi with them too. Um, it's expensive, but it is yeah. so worth so worth it. So you already got the spot picked out and everything. Yeah, there's a place here in in Tampa called Terragusha that we've gone to mm. quite a few times. Okay, so I'm licking my chops just thinking about it. There you go. Uh, part of me knows that I should go to the driving range. The other part of me, as I've discussed, wants me to just bury my golf clubs. Just just bury them. Can you hear that? Well, yeah, what do we got going on out there? You got a ghost in the hallway? Griffey's in the hallway just crying. Tara's downstairs. He's crying at no one. He wants attention. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Tara talking. No. <laughs> no, that was Griffey. Uh Four-year-old boxer, for those of you who are relatively new to the show. Uh, Separation issues. Yeah, big time. <laughs> I'm probably, definitely, going to end up watching the fights on Saturday. I'm going to play my share of Warzone. 
I'm working on my sniper game right now. There's nothing more satisfying than sniping dudes. Oh, you're one of those. Guys. I hate it. I hated snipers. You back have when to. I you have to learn. Duty. You have to learn to snipe to play war to play Warzone. You you have to pick up that skill set. So I'm picking up that skill set. I'm up leveling my sniper. Some snipers that I'm using. I'm using the the 50 cal right now. I got. I need a new optic. I need a new scope. My, mine's too basic. Get so the, I got to work the, on it. The, what's that? The red eye was that what it was called? You don't know what red you're talking, dot. You don't know what red you're talking dot. about. That's what it was. But you just you just dated yourself on how long ago it's been since you played Call of Duty. Modern Warfare 2, baby. Never forget. <laughs> uh, I'm getting my haircut on Friday. That's a thing. Really? I, I looked. I haven't had my haircut. I went back to my through my bank, bank statements, actually. I last got my haircut on March 5th. It's March been, 5th? It's huh? been over three months since I've gotten this thing cut. I haven't touched it. March 5th. March 5th. 3-5. 4. Yes. You said three months. All right. Oh, two April, months. Two months. two months. Not a math podcast. We're counting that as math. There it is. Okay. There <laughs> it, it is. It okay. feels like three months. It feels like three years. Uh, it looks like you've never gotten a haircut from what I'm seeing. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I called my barber today. I, mail- I didn't have a cell phone. I've, what? I, I didn't have a cell phone number. Okay. Go down. What? Oh, it didn't have their cell phone number. I thought you yeah. said you didn't have a phone. No, I have my phone. I didn't have a cell phone number. And obviously, I was, yeah. I love my barber. Eddie's the man. And, so I called him today. I was pumped they were open. It's like, dude, what you been up to? Like, you you okay? You good? And he's like, they're slammed. They're there till like eight o'clock at night now. Oh, I'm sure there's just tons of people flooding that place. Yeah. So thinking about giving out a generous tip because I haven't had to pay for a haircut the last. I usually get it once a month, so I've missed. We get it. Staying home ain't it, especially around the holidays. But this year, staying home means saving lives. So we're changing it up by gathering less and planning small. Our people are counting on us to make the right choice. Think big, plan small. Let's stop the spread, Columbus. Just like two, technically. Mm -hmm. Or again, not a math podcast. So I think I'll just pay that whatever and give that to him as a tip. Take care of me. I'm going to take care of him. Good man. Uh, and wrap it up. Ozarks is back in my life. Or Ozark is back in my life, I should say, which is funny that you're, that you're watching it now. I took a break. There's too much negativity going on in the world. I didn't need <laughs> as many drug cartels and violent murders in my life. We pumped the brakes. Need some positivity. Starting feeling good about our, ourselves again. Back on the train. Finished the second season the other night. And we'll be watching a couple more episodes tonight after we wrap this episode up. You're back, baby. Back, baby. Cheers to watch some Marissa development in between. Mm. Get, get the spirits up. Uh, Rob, oh, what's his Jason Bateman. I must have said Rob Lowe. Yeah. Jason Bateman is the man. If you can well, play, you can play Michael Bluth on Arrested Development and you can play Marty Bird on Ozark. That's range. I was going to say. Deserves an Oscar right there. That's range. Okay, let's uh, jump into social here. Thank you to all of you who asked questions this week. You guys are awesome. You're helping us you know, generate some content that's relevant, that's interesting, that you guys are looking for in a time where there's no sports, <laughs> right? Uh, so really appreciate all of you who either sent questions in on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, or took advantage of the hotline feature, which we introduced a couple weeks ago, 
We got one question two weeks ago. We did not get a question last week. We got one question this week, and we'll play that one now. If you could change one college football rule or penalty, what would it be? And that is from our mom. We're an authentic podcast. That is mom asking a question. And what do you think the chances are that dad fed her that question? I'm going to guess upper 90%. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Sorry. Should give you the benefit of the doubt, but. I don't know what it says about us as a podcast. We introduced this new thing. We're all excited about it. And the first people to use it are our parents. Hey, got to start somewhere. <laughs> but we love we love them for using it. It's somebody. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. What is the college football rule or penalty that you would change? The college football rule or penalty. I like to make it more like NFL. What, what rule would you change? Oh, the rule I would change. Well, I would add a rule is what I would do. Okay. Not necessarily change rule, but I would add the rule to where I think arena football does it. And I'm pretty sure the CFL does it where the per- one person on the offense can have a running start and can be motioning towards the line of scrimmage. It doesn't need to be the, the lateral shift. So you see these guys can full on sprints before the snap of the ball. That's, I think that's, that's terrible. That's the rule you would add. I think that adds another element. Then you have guys, speedsters like Tyree Kill and all these other guys who now basically just full-on starts at the line of scrimmage. It completely changes the way you need to set the defense up. Any credibility we've built over 102 and a half episodes just went out the window when you said college football needs to add. You can motion forward at the snap of the ball. That's awful. They need to do it. It would be exciting. Bring more eyeballs in. It would get the whole Canadian section in. They'd oh, love it. God. Yeah, that's what college football needs. It needs the Canadian fan base. Great. Hey, great. We've been trying you. to we've been trying to crack that for years. This is the way to get in. I don't know how to regroup from that. I apologize let, to everyone okay, who let, had to endure that. Let, no, we're right, moving let, on. You're done. You're let's, done. Let's You're hear, done. It's let's my hear turn. yours. Let's hear yours now. Mine, mine is passing mine is an easy one. Pass interference penalty needs to change. Potentially, that's not where I was going, though. For me, that this was immediately when I heard this question. Thanks, Mom. It's the targeting rule. The targeting rule in college football needs work. I, I enjoy the spirit Player of the safety. rule. Player I agree safety. with it. You're gotta let me fin- I let you finish your BS rant. Uh the the spirit of the rule is correct. You're trying to make the game more, more safe. It's the right thing. There needs to be different levels of targeting, though. I get that it's difficult to enforce and you different levels and it gets incredibly uh, subjective and what would be like a level one or level two. I think two levels might, might be enough. We can all see when we're watching a game, there's a difference between like a malicious targeting and an incidental targeting. There's, there's a difference in the two, the malicious ones where it's intentional dude gets a running start. He lunges Okay, yes, I get it. Get them out of there. Suspended a whole game. Fine, I can live with that. The incidental ones where it's bang, bang, you're not really launching. You're kind of, you're reacting. Some defensive players, it's just, it, it happens so quickly. They they have nothing else to do. Uh, n- not a ton of time to react. There's no reason they should have to miss a whole game because of that. And why do they need to leave the entire sideline? So they can be shamed in front of everyone in the stadium so the broadcast can watch them run out of the tunnel. That seems silly to me as well. 
the targeting rule is, is the first thing I would change. Player safety, KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. You want to make it more complicated, people are just going to get more mad. Yeah, if you want to keep it simple, you just don't include targeting. That's easy. I say keep it. Player safety. Okay. Yeah, now you, I'm, you, I'm you, you, you apparently love concussions. That's what I'm getting out of this argument. <laughs> Moving on. Twitter uh, from MW Tax Law. It appears football has the potential to for being canceled in the fall. Is this how the purge begins? Yes. We love our football. And if football is taken away from us, oh boy. Oh boy. That's bad. You imagine there are millions of Americans who have prepped for NFL, college football, same, similar ways for years, decades. And if you take that away, nobody is going to know what to do for a fall. So, yes, they're just going to start going insane and rules won't apply. One of the things that's happening at a larger scale is is our culture, our way of being is taken away from us right now. And there's no denying. People can mock it, whatever. Football is an important part of our culture. It's part of who we are. And not having that, people are going to try to find some way to fill that hole. And maybe it's just saying, screw laws. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen those? Have you ever seen that? It's that short little video or meme or whatever the hell you want to call it. But it's like me during the purge. And it's like a person who like looks both ways and like knocks a trash can over. I, ha I have seen that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be me playing Warzone for 24 hours straight. My eyes just start bleeding. That's what I would do during the purge. Tara, the meatloaf. <laughs> uh, a couple questions kind of along these lines with the, the news out of California this week. Brian asks, Thoughts on how the California State Universities will impact the NCAA football season. Uh, either this gets unwound, that would be the most ideal scenario, and they realize, okay, maybe we were a little bit more premature on this, and we can find some ways to work around this. Maybe herd immunity becomes in vogue by then. Who, who knows? Maybe the conferences move forward without the California schools, and it's the Mountain West playing, what would that be, nine schools? You play an eight-game round robin. Everyone plays everyone, if that's realistic. Or maybe it's foreshadowing that all are going to – this is where we're going to be. We're not going to have sports. There are some universities that have come out and said we are planning on having classes on site in the fall. Positive it, side of it is that you, Mountain West can try a season without San Jose State. Maybe when we come back, we just don't let them come back in. <laughs> Here's the silver lining. Maybe this is the end yeah. of, of San Jose State. Yeah. <laughs> At least as a member of the of the Mountain West. Uh, John Mackey asked a cup of parter. Number one, which Shout Brother has watched more Nevada games? In person, TV, stream, radio, they all count. Oh, it's obviously you. By a landslide. Yeah. When I when I covered Nevada at the Tribune, I mean at the Spark Strip, I was at every single Nevada home game. Mm -hmm. Essentially, at least for football and basketball, I covered a few baseball games, at least in, in person. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a wide a, margin. Me by a million. Number two, assuming some Western states reopen and others do not for fall slash winter collegiate athletics, wouldn't a temporary conference realignment by region be a potential solution? This is an interesting thought. On the surface, yes. Why not? 
get California out there. California is going to secede eventually at some point anyway. Maybe this is the beginning of that. Uh, and it may make sense in some form. However, I, where we probably would like, where we may see this would be like non-conference rescheduling because the challenge becomes the TV deals affiliated with those conferences. Let's say, just for the sake of you know, our allegiances, all of a sudden, Nevada and UW are in the, I don't even know what the conference would be called. Can't go West Coast Conference. It's already taken. In the, whatever it is, fake conference name conference. Then you have, Clever. then you have, I thought pretty hard about that one. You have Fox Sports or the Pac-12 BS Network, whatever it is, competing with st- uh, AT&T, Sportsnet. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. That's way too much to work through. The conferences would not abandon their partners, uh, broadcast partners. I don't think that's feasible. However, I didn't think we'd be talking about potentially not having sports in the fall a few months ago. Thomas asks, this is a brutal one. You can only choose one to happen in the next five years. Seahawks win the Super Bowl. Mariners win the World Series. The Sonics return to Seattle. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. I'm, I would go with Mariners win the World Series. I am not as concerned, nor am I going to die on the hill with the, the supersonics thing. That I understand it. Messed up situation. Don't agree with it. However, I don't. I'm not in the losing sleep column about the Sonics. I more or less kind of rooted for the Trailblazers a yeah. little more, anyways. So that wasn't as big of a, a thing for me. Seahawks obviously would be great if they win a Super Bowl. They've had a lot of success again, lately. Again, by the way. Yeah, again. So they've had a lot of success. They've been it. But I just think the Mariners winning the World Series just seems so unrealistic. That's the big that other than the Sonics returning, that's like the widest margin of difference between reality in this hypothetical situation. So I think the Mariners winning the World Series for me would would be would be the one I would choose. Winning the Super Bowl is the penultimate or the ultimate sports team sport accomplishment. The mm-hmm. fact that we were there somewhat recently, I don't want to discount that one because that was a sweet, sweet moment. Yep. You're right, though, about the Mariners. The Mariners have the longest playoff drought of all Northern American sports. They haven't been since 19 or 2001, excuse me. Represent. Well, haven't been to the playoffs. I differ from you in that I was, I like the Sonics. I have a Gary Payton jersey watching MJ. Go on his documentary last or last week and say he never had a problem with Gary Payton, never a problem with the glove. If you go look at the numbers from that NBA Finals, once Gary Payton was on him, his numbers clearly dipped. He clear there was clearly a difference defensively when Gary Payton was defending him, and that upset me. The Sonics coming back would be a massive, massive deal because it's an injustice, an injustice that they're not in Seattle. If you guys haven't read into the story, go check out why they're not in Seattle right now. It's a joke. Uh, uh, I, I can't decide between the Mariners win the World Series and the Sonics return. I, I truly cannot decide. I can't. <laughs> Just sitting on the fence. One of the, we're going to take, take that position. You can't take a position? Sonics coming back. Give me give me another there team. Give me another team. Sonics coming back. That's Gut feeling. There it awful. is. Fake Matt Mummy. If you were Dennis Rodman in 1998, speaking of the last dance, 
what would you do during your in-season Las Vegas vacation? You still haven't watched I, this, right? I still haven't watched it, but my answer to this was going to be what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It doesn't because they talked about it in the documentary. Yeah, if you're Dennis Rodman, everything gets out. I would do exactly what Dennis Rodman did. Tara, I love you. She's downstairs. I would hang out with Carmen Electra and get wasted all weekend. Can you imagine what that would be like if players did that in today's age? You, today's you, day? you, like, you can't. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you can't. But like, imagine what that would be like just in the middle of a travel or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, Draymond Green's going to go to Vegas for the weekend or a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> Different times. It wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Clark asked, and you can answer this one now. Ooh. The best Ozark character is A, Ruthie, B, Buddy, C, Marty, okay. D, Jonah, E, Wendy, E, all of the above, and more. I don't know. Or more? I don't really know what we're getting at there. But who, who, who is your favorite Ozark character? Okay, so I'm trying to remember who everybody is. Ruth, is she the thief? Ruth <laughs> the, Langmore? The, the, the thing is, you're so early into it, your perception of this question is going to be different. You haven't had enough character yeah. development yet. You don't even know who Buddy is yet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not even sure who that guy is. Ruth uh, is the Langmore, the girl. Yeah, yeah. The one that's working at the Blue Marlin Inn with him. Yes. Uh, you, don't know Buddy, you don't know Buddy yet. Marty is Jason Bateman. Marty. Yeah, yeah. Jonah is Jason Bateman's son. Okay. Wendy is his wife. Okay. That's probably Charlotte isn't in here, his daughter. Those are our options? Those are the options. Oh, it's got to be Marty then. I'm Like I said, I'm only a couple episodes in. Yep. Wendy so far has been more or less awful. The son, <laughs> the son disobeyed the only order to stay at the hotel and stuff got stolen from Ruth, who also just got a dishwashing job. At least she's earning it. Um, buddy, I don't know. So Marty's got to be my answer. The answer is absolutely buddy. Buddy created some waterworks in our home. Mm. I'll, I won't. I won't spoil it for you. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers for me no, right there, no, man. No, no spoilers. How does it? How does it feel looking at me as a young Ozark fan with no knowledge of what's to come? Any advice you have for me? So naive, so pure, so innocent. Just wait. Mm. I think all your innocence goes out the door once five minutes into the show. <laughs> a couple questions on Instagram. Marcus asks, uh, "What was your most commonly purchased item?" from the store to survive quarantine. I love this, a past tense question, like quarantine's over, makes me feel like it's going to yeah. end soon. Not going to happen. What have you bought the most of? Two for one, six packs. Easily. <laughs> That's what it was. I was buying those things left and right. My spending went way down. Way really? down during all of this. It's either for me, White Claws or Books. Without sounding too books. dirty, I bought a lot of books. I've been doing a lot of reading. The book was so much better than the movie. You're one of those guys now. <laughs> Actually, too, also scratch outs. I bought, I bought oh, a yeah. lot of $1 scratch offs. Have you won any Way money? more than I do. Uh, I mean, every, we've won, I think the most we've won is like 10 bucks. Isidora likes scratching them, so I usually buy them for her. She scratches yeah. them, and then if I win, we go back. But yeah, 10 okay. bucks, I think, was the most, but okay. we put it all back. Are you up or down? You're Am down. I a gambler? You're down. You're down. I put it all back in. I'm going for the big fish. I'm going for $10. Fake Matt Mummy. This is the last question here. I'd say it's nomination for Random Reno, but I think a more fitting name would be Badass Nevada. 
What do you think about the incredible and awesome story of the USS Nevada, which was found this week? Did you see the story? You did not. I you saw not. it. You did not. I saw it, but I did not read it. <laughs> okay. Hand up like Adam. I had no idea. Well, I've heard of the USS Nevada. I did not know about the story at all. And it is incredible. Here is the Sparks Notes ver- or Spark Notes version of the story. The USS Nevada was originally commissioned in 1916. It survived Pearl Harbor. It was right next to the USS Arizona when the attack happened. They found a way to get out of Pearl Harbor. They had to ground the ship so it wouldn't completely sink during Pearl Harbor. It was repaired. Then it was part of the D-Day landings. It was the only battleship that was at both Pearl Harbor and Normandy. It played a key role in the invasion of Okinawa. It survived a kamikaze attack. After the war, after it had been essentially decommissioned, they used it as a for like target practice, essentially for like, like for like the Navy, like when they're going and, and the Air Force, they would use it as mm-hmm. target practice as, as part of a hundred ships. And they're with with the atomic bombs. They're practicing. This thing got hit by a bomb. It didn't sink. There was an underwater explosion that sunk a ton of other ships around it, not the USS Nevada. This thing refuses to die. It finally went down in Navy gunfire practice in 1948. Went through all of that in in 32 years, and nine years later, UNOV was founded. You tell me what's a coincidence. Uh, they found this thing, uh, obviously, where they sunk it. They hadn't seen it since. It was 15,000 feet deep. 65 miles southwest of Pearl Harbor is where this happened. There was some crew, some cameras exploring, whatever, and they, and they found it. Uh, hadn't been seen since I believe it was it was sunk originally. Crazy story about this ship. I had no idea. Cool story though. USS Nevada. That's sick. Let's get out of here with Random Reno. What'd you find? Greater Nevada Field has an official capacity of nine thousand one hundred. With how many fixed individual stadium seats, Nathan? So total capacity is 9,100. We're asking mm-hmm. how many of the actual seats that you sit on in like the lower yep. bowl, if you will. Fixed individual stadium seats. Okay. Probably counts. The suites have a couple rows of fixed seats as well. I'm sure we're counting those. Standing room only. You have the berm out in right field. You have the tables in the left field corner. I'm going to say 6,500. Wow. On the nose. 6,500 fixed individual Holy stadiums. shit. Are you serious? Swear to God. Let's go. Idiot. Let's go. Wow. That's Reno Slant history right that there. That is the first. We did it. We did it. We... That's amazing. Yeah. That is impressive. I don't. I could see you're about to say six. I was like, he's going to go there. The 6,500 hit it right on the nose. I'm impressed. I'm fired up right now. Do not dare ask me a numbers question because I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> We're going to lose this high. It's it's not statistical in nature. It does involve a number, though. Okay. In tw- you might remember this. In 2018, the U.S. News and World Report ranked the U.S. cities, the best U.S. cities to live in. It ranked 125 cities around the country. The criteria was affordability, number of jobs, and quality of life. They talked about how they measured all that stuff. I didn't go deep enough into it. You guys can, can look if you want to. Where do you think Reno came in at? 
Oh, it was good. Um, this is 2018. Right when the California rush began, essentially. Uh, six. Whoa. Way too high. 14. Way too high. What? Number 33. Reno came in. I thought, okay. I was re- maybe it's a different report I'm reading, but that report might have came from Reno. Which is still strong. Number 33 in the country. Now I'm not as excited about it. <laughs> Low ball bit. <laughs> Austin, Texas was number one. Bowl. I found it a little bit interesting when Musk took off to Arkansas. Everyone was like, who the hell would want to live in Fayetteville, Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Fayetteville, Arkansas was ranked number four on this thing. Okay. That's how we know this thing. This Whoever wrote this thing's a load of hogwash. <laughs> Fayetteville's getting number five. Mm-hmm. And of course, I had to look where Vegas came in at. Vegas came in at number 71. I would say even that's too low on the poll. <laughs> and that is our show this week. Thank you to all of you who continue to listen so you can stay current on everything Nevada. Thank you to Nevada Hoops Commit, Jelani Clark. Thank you to Travis Crowder, the Chief Professional Officer of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Mason Valley for coming on the show. Thank you to our partners at Tipsy Elves, Archie's, Silver and Blue Outfitters, and Tuyabi Golf Club. If you are not already, please subscribe and follow The Reno Slant on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can find us at The Reno Slant. You can check us out online at therenoslant.com. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Have a great, great weekend, you guys. Go Pack. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Reno Slant, the weekly Nevada sports podcast. Until next week. And we're still not talking about that one basketball coach who's not here anymore. In Southern California, you're in your car a lot. Over time, you're going to put some wear on it. But new Toyota owners don't really have to think about that because they have Toyota care. They just stop by the dealership, hand over the keys and get no-cost factory maintenance, covering normal wear for two years or 25,000 miles, whichever comes first. Get all the details on Toyota Care when you visit buyatoyota.com. Your Southern California Toyota dealers make it easy. Toyota, let's go places. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually. Traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe, stay connected, think big, and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus.